0: This is for the nerds. This is for the brainiacs. This is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back. You ain't gonna touch me. You are not gonna do nothing. You are not above me. I bet you wish you was me. I know it. I know.
1: <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Only Friends Podcast. I don't know why the tortoise is over here laughing well, when the you know- fucking mics are hot. Someone's going to make up their Conrad. The show was starting and your mic was like on I, the other side of the room. I'm a goddamn professional. You think I was gonna miss that intro? What do I look like, Conrad? I, I just don't know why you have to wait till the last absolute second. I got shit to do. I'm no, running I mean, a sim. I mean, you know... I'm, I'm running a sim, man. Okay. I gotta do what I gotta do for the episode, did, you know? Yeah, well, for the episode, it. we were supposed to start at six. Yeah, well, valet was a little bit slow. I got mm-hmm. held up Back by a, a caravan of... <laughs> of fucking dusty dusty regs. Somehow I put my card in before three people and all of them got their cards before me. Very tilt. Mm. Very very tilt. I even, <laughs> I even explicitly there were two machines. Explicitly, That's why I say. Explicitly. There were two machines and <laughs> me and another guy got to it at the same time and I hurried up and like scanned and swiped and pressed and like you know good to go and it, it was clear I beat him. Yeah. He got his card too
2: before me. You got to start tipping them more.
1: No, it doesn't work like that. I just got unlucky. I got the slow valet person. That's what they
2: tell you. It doesn't work like that. You tip
1: them more, it's beat up. Tip who? It's a fucking kiosk. A kiosk. Tip the kiosk.
2: <laughs> just, just shove
1: money in there. I'm very confident that... I, I'm i very confident my $5 tip was probably 4 to 5x what they got from everybody who beat me.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, how, how pretty long? Sick. How long before, like... Things that are automated, like automated machines are going to ask for a tip.
1: Uh, these ones already do. <laughs> it asks you if you want to like leave or add a tip.
3: Right. But I'm saying like that's the tip to the valet. Like, was, oh, you was, mean
1: for the machine doing its job? Like the machine, like the machine its wants its own tip. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. The machine needs money we're too. Not,
1: we're not far away. I'm telling you. I was actually thinking about it now that, I, I mean, I guess maybe it was always this way even when it was non-automated, but now that it's automated, if I just get somebody's valet ticket... There's nothing stopping me from just taking their car, right? Right. So if I drop my valet ticket on the ground, mm-hmm. anybody could just have my car, right? Right. Well, seems like a poor system. Mm. Yeah. I
2: mean, you know, they'd have to pay the thirty-five dollars, mm-hmm. but that's it. Yeah. You'd have to be able to use the car first, so I can't speak on this one. Fair.
4: Yeah, it's thirty-five bucks to valet at Wynn.
2: Um. Yeah. Only at Bellagio, you mean,
4: or at Bellagio? At Bellagio. Me.
1: Uh, only if you don't have,
3: uh... You need Pearl. Pearl? No, no, you need the one up from that. Pearl, you get free, I believe you get free garage. Then you need the next tier up.
1: Is gold the next tier?
3: I think gold's the next tier. Oh, wow, okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you might be right. You need gold for free
3: valet. Yeah. Um, so apparently Venetian is installing, uh, their, um, kiosks for charging parking so that's going to happen pretty soon wow. and i saw them installing them at the wind too wow or, which i thought the wind was not going to start charging for parking but apparently they are you hate so, to see it yeah you hate to see it but you know just like i can't believe they they waited this long because like everyone else is doing it so they're probably like you know gotta keep up
1: well both of them previously charged for parking or maybe venetian never did but Wynn never did. win for sure did
3: well, yeah because they already had like yeah the-
1: like during covid times because mm-hmm. uh, i remember specifically that i don't know if i don't know if your like ranking system at win matters or not but like i have a red card whatever the fuck that it, that's it's the, the that's, basis that's basic the basic one, one yeah uh, i used to have to get baseline. validated uh is that what it's called mm-hmm. yeah yeah i used to have to get validated like in the poker room and then they stopped doing that at some point I'm like, what the fuck is going on like i'm I'm coming here and I have to pay thirty dollars for this is insane right place is uh place is weird
3: you're already thirty dollars in the hole you didn't even you didn't even you know I kind of get pull it a slot machine yet I mean
1: I kind of get it like you know the the purpose of the town is to clip the out of towners it's a it's a tourist trap it's supposed to be right so like if you come from out of town to watch a concert, you should probably pay thirty five bucks for parking like that's Pretty standard anywhere you go.
3: If you have a local ID, you should be able to just swipe it and not have to pay.
1: Yeah, I feel like that that should probably be where the line is, right? Mm -hmm. And it should probably be made pretty simple.
3: Yeah. I I think the majority of the people, Mm -hmm. though, that park are, you know, not out-of-towners. I mean, you have your LA crowd that drives here, but, like, you know, most of the people, I think... Are are from Nevada, from from Las Vegas. Yeah. So.
1: so they're just trying. They're tax. This is what we get for not paying state tax. We have to pay parking. The, uh, tax.
4: What was the final outcome with the horseshoe guys Did he shoot himself in the leg or in the neck?
1: I've read conflicting things. I saw an article that said he was shot by a woman, um but that article didn't seem to like have any. It, it was it was a news outlet, but it didn't seem to have like any uh confirmed sources. Yeah. It was just like one little blurb. That just said like uh, alleged shooting at horseshoe. A woman shoots a man. Uh, didn't really give. It did
3: say at horseshoe. Yeah. If you notice, most of these like articles, the Review Journal and, and others, um, the, they always say incident happened on Las Vegas Strip hotel, like on the Strip hotel. They never right. like say the name of the actual place. Right. right. They try to keep everything as low key and like sh- like you know yeah. Um, swept under the rug as much as possible because yeah. they don't want, you know, that, yeah. that light. Because, like, I think this stuff happens all the time. And, I mean, maybe not to that extent of what happened last night, but, like, things happen, like, all the time, especially, like, in hotel rooms. Right, right. And right. they just keep that as quiet as possible.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I had a friend there who was feet away playing roulette, and she took a bunch of videos. She said that nobody there saw a gunman like nobody panicked and ran
3: right yeah those videos the gentleman was just kind of standing around uh yeah she she was like she was
1: like pretty confident that it was self-inflicted and Mm -hmm. she said she thought it was stomach um she posted the videos on instagram and the person who commented uh when you see him like getting wheeled out on the gurney he was the guy on top of him like holding holding his uh he said like in the comment he said he, he he could feel his artery like he was he was keeping him from bleeding out wow but yeah. I I don't know. Nothing is confirmed. Yeah,
3: it's hard to say. Like they said, the Review Journal put out an article very quickly after the incident, and they they said it was he. It was a retired police officer, accidentally shot. Accidentally discharged. Yeah, yeah. In, the, in the leg. So yeah, I don't know. Sure. Thoughts
1: and prayers. Uh, apparently, at least from what's being circulated, uh, he's alive. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, like what condition he's in. It's weird mm-hmm. that something like this could happen. Like imagine not to equate the two, but imagine this happened at Rivers Casino in Pittsburgh.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: This would be front-page news. Oh yeah! Like we would know to the minute, right? How mm-hmm. this guy's doing, where the wound yeah. is. Like here, it's like a Steeler mm-hmm. getting injured in the second quarter. Like you just <laughs> you'd have KDKA there, WPXI, WTAE. Yeah, but like <laughs> with with this in Vegas, like it's it's like a Steeler yeah. getting injured in the second quarter. They're like. Uh, upper body injury, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Questionable to
4: return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel <laughs> like that's lower lower yeah. leg discomfort, right? I, I feel like that's kind of <laughs> like the mo in Las Vegas. Um, I know that it certainly doesn't talk about like all the suicides that happened on the Strip. Like that's something that's really rarely talked about, right? And it happens fairly often.
3: I think so too. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, especially the well, you, you really don't want to talk about it in the hotels. Um, but they, they happen very frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't know what the average is per year, but it's greater than one. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, enough about the, the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the sourness, I suppose. Uh, we, have a, we have a fun one today. Today's, today's show episode title is how to know if you're in a good game. Mm. So we're going to play a fun little game once we get to that portion of it. Uh, I'm still running a sim for... Uh, That's a, not how you a get hand. a good game. It, well running Sims. That's, that's debatable. Yeah. Mm. Um you Just don't let them know you're running Sims. Right. <laughs> before uh before we get to any of the poker talk though, I do want to give a huge shout out to uh Enclave. They're doing a celebrity poker in t- uh invitational tomorrow at Poker Go. So uh I got invited to this. Uh Landon's gonna come and hang out. He's an alternate. Hopefully he's gonna get a seat. I'll be in there. It's uh, the meet and greet is at 4 p.m. The cards are in the air at 5. You guys will be able to watch the live stream at 6 p.m. Uh, on poker PokerGo's YouTube, I believe. Um, so basically, this is a 72-person celebrity in- invitational. $50,000 in the prize pool. First place is guaranteed to be 20K. I believe they're paying uh, 12 spots total. Uh, this is going to be one of three events with a championship event being held a year from now. In the Pogo studio so this is something that they plan to do uh, you know multiple times to basically bolster their brand uh, and things of that nature. Some notables will be myself, Mattisau, Bryce Hall, Nick Austin, Josh Richards, Airball both both Ted sisters Princess Love and 60 plus more. Um, so you know be sure to tune into that stream tomorrow hopefully I can run good I'm sure it's going to be a bit of a turbo but.
2: A lot of a turbo Yeah, but like, how you, you want know. it to be. Yeah,
1: it's a free yeah. roll with yeah. 20k up top. It's you don't want
3: cool. it to be like a five-day event, two-hour levels. No, no, <laughs>
1: I'm actually, I'm actually like contemplating uh, how much I'm even going to try because I have to leave the Bellagio game for the, like however long I last mm-hmm. in the tournament, and if the game's really good, you're, I might just like pop in, you, bust, and nah, leave.
3: You're gonna try. I don't you, know, man. You don't have it in you not to try. Yes, he yes, does. I do. Yes, he does. <laughs> does he?
1: Oh, of course, I do. Mm. This is why I hate playing poker for fun.
3: Yeah, but don't you have that com- com- competitive spirit?
1: Yeah, whenever I have 200,000 sitting on the table with Bellagio. I thought You said it's after the game. No, I mean, it is if I want it to be. It's, oh, I have to yeah. be there like, you know, between four and five. Mm-hmm. Cards are in there at five, but like, the game will still be going. Yep. The game will go until nine, ten. Who knows? Here's
3: what's happened. You're going to try to throw a party, and you're just going to end up with all the chips. And right. You're just going to be like, I can't bust thing you're like i'm just a chip leader i'm trying to bust
1: yeah i think if i'm up like a hundred you try real hard you'll be out right away i think if i'm up like a (laughs) hundred i'll try really hard in the tournament and just give up my seat because you know how much can you really expect to win but you know if i'm up like 20 and the game's pretty good might have to punt those chips off pretty quick <laughs> <laughs> find the celebrity ambassador that i want to see do well and just say here you go buddy mm-hmm. good luck young man woman well, yeah, i'm on that bottom pair trip draw you know let's uh let's get so after this is it.
3: just a mixture of celebrities and and pros
1: yeah it's a it doesn't seem like a lot of pros it seems like mostly celebrities influencers some mm-hmm. athletes a lot of the the chess crowd is going to be there
3: those are so, influencers
1: are celebrities yeah in that's this day true. and age you're right it feels yeah. like it i i can't even really argue it with feels you, like so. it because like
2: when yeah. it comes to the actors and stuff like call it from movies it seems mm-hmm. a little bit less so than the people that are like in your face all the time with like yeah. the daily content creators Right. there's like some
3: you know you're like some actor in a movie and nobody knows who they are but then there's like an influence and they have that like streams 30, every day. 30 million like followers that watch them every day
2: yeah yeah it's like those are the new sort of uh attention graspers attention graspers yeah
1: yep are you
2: an attention grasper uh, some I try too hard to be an attention grabber. So. Oh, attention man. whore. You,
1: you've been you've been yeah. firing on all cylinders lately. Trying, <laughs> shot shooting like a man who has a dying wish. I got no wishes. You're shooting shots like it's your last day on earth. I'm not. <laughs> yo, baby. Yo, baby. What's up? I will not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> You're uh, trying to find someone to go with this. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm just trying to see how far you'll let me go with it. Yeah, he's waiting for that sim.
3: That's that him. The to- that's as yeah. far as he gets. That's uh, all you get.
2: Right. All
1: right. No, I was I was googling something, hoping I could get to an answer, <laughs> and I I couldn't. Uh, it's actually crazy to me that I didn't already know. Big shout out to friend and uh, i guess only friended Jason, if you will, the man, the myth, Jeff Platt, yes, sir, he, he dimmed the lights last night, mm-hmm. second place in the circuit event for fourteen k, uh young Battenfield went ahead and shipped it for twenty three k up top
2: you're not you're not playing these, Landon? uh, you got tar- better things to do, no, it's hard to. <laughs> it's hard to play these things when do the podcast late night podcast yeah no we
1: did a we did a noon pod yesterday Mm. busy yeah you Mm. got other things to do
2: i have other other responsibilities what (laughs) on earth could be more important than poker than earning money playing poker actually Mm -hmm. i played actually i played poker yesterday did you? I streamed, yeah. What did you stream? I've been streaming a lot more. Honestly, I haven't been playing many tournaments because the schedule's been so hectic when it comes to trying to do it all in the sense of trying to play poker, trying to stay consistent with the gym, trying to find uh, all the time to do stuff and also play tournaments. Where Sundays, like I've always had, uh, like strict Sundays is strictly MTT day. And I've been trying to find more time to still play. Okay. And I just love playing four tables on ACR I'm just blitz, like playing one, two blitz and just kind of like seeing how, how I'll do with that. Uh, it is kind of.
1: Like, oh, how, how have you been doing with that?
2: Been doing great. Yeah. Um, first 15k hands, like a little bit shaky. I think it was like shaky in the sense of it's the same thing that you ex- would expect it to be since the beginning of time where <laughs> the regs, they don't, they bluff, but not nearly enough. Mm. You know, like when you play enough hands, you've played enough, seen enough showdowns, and I stream on Twitch, so like I'm actually recording myself putting in volume actually playing poker these days you Mm -hmm. know I'm, i'm doing my job that's right yeah and sometimes you'll see hands where they either don't exist in a theoretical range in some capacity or uh on a river it's like a pure bluff and they check or they have a hand that's supposed to fold and they make a call but most of the time it's through the lens of like tripling or finding the obscure lines sure it's the lines where it's hard to find bluffs are still hard to find bluffs okay and it's just a matter of accepting that to be true and realizing that like i guess from the stream people like will see the graph of the past month because i've mostly been playing this month Mm -hmm. um and my red line is extremely high like winning a ton through red line but my blue line's kind of tanking a bit and collective uh, consensus is like how is the red line so high how's the red line so high and in some regards it's like yeah you're doing the right things by making people fold but also if the red line's high and the blue line's tanking it also means in some capacity you might be calling too much like you might have some attachment to ego to having the red line we're in a spot where you have a bluff catcher and you're kind of like well if i fold it decreases the red line but if I call and lose, it decreases the blue line and red line is harder for people. It's easier to justify and make calls and say, oh, like I'm just a sick red liner. You're going to call right. just to keep
3: your red line up.
2: And not in, in the sense of, there are some spots where if you know the theoretical EV is zero and you're playing versus someone you assume to be a reg mm-hmm. and you have some inclination that the reg leans under bluff, that makes the zero EV negative to end up calling. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's easy, there's some spots where you also get some bias, of course, just like anything else where you'll bluff catch in a spot and then you'll win and they'll have a bluff and it's like, oh, this is like the the drug I need to keep me calling these Mm -hmm. rivers Yeah, and then you play a spot where they triple it and go for like a bigger river size where there's probably less bluffs Just because you
3: call and, and you, they show you bluff doesn't mean that they're bluffing appropriate.
2: Exactly, right? and that's kind of the big thing that I've been sort of- You can of, trick
3: yourself into thinking that they are.
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah. it's it's easy to play the mental games especially when you want to use theory as a crutch when you know in some spots a hand might be worth uh, call it indifferent lean call, like call 80%, call greater than 50 and then just say, okay, I'm not sure, and pure call it, and then get shown the value hand from the other person more than you probably, more than theoretically you would see. Hmm. And you're never gonna have the perfect clairvoyance of what their strategy is, or, because every hand's different, like, you're never gonna know, you can know through numbers, like barrel frequencies, but that doesn't mean that you're gonna get a big enough sample to where you know if they're bluffing appropriately. And that's kind of the big thing that I am in not struggling with in the pool because i'm winning in the pool but there's a difference between winning in the pool and being the person that wins the most in the pool and i think that's how many hands total have you played so far i think in the past week and a half um most of it's been on stream some of it's been off stream just like when i'm bored and i just want to play for like 30 minutes or something and i don't really just want to stream but I think I played like 18,000 hands. So you're 18,000 hands, uh, BBs per? I think BBs per is something like, it might be one or two. Uh, it might be a little bit less than that even. Adjusted, I think I'm still stuck small. Uh, yesterday was a pretty sick session. I was stuck five pines quick, went uh, to the gym and like, did all the other stuff. And then won back uh, so 10 a- later.
4: Adjusted, we're down a little bit.
2: Adjusted, we're down a little bit. But I think that there's a lot of win rate to be had in the pool. You're basically a breaking especially player. basically a breaking dusty rag. <laughs> is,
1: is there is there a particular reason why you're not streaming this on our channel? Perhaps maybe with a little structure to it, maybe uh, a little something for the viewers that we, we've accumulated through the years. No, there's
3: no reason. I mean there's a reason. I'll answer it for him. There's zero reason. I guess stream. Actually, I think that'd be a great
4: idea. Seems we, like a good we idea. We could come does in the studio, landing, We could fire up the cameras.
1: Well, now you might be asking for too much, but I could certainly set him up at the house with something reasonable. Mm-hmm. He does like to stream in the dark.
4: Ah, uh, okay. <clears> yeah. And listen Sometimes. to
1: listen to copy music. Yeah. And Your scream, audience would
4: screech. be bigger. Mm. I think. And is this, is but, this big bets or big blinds? Because I know if you're using Poker Tracker, it's
2: it's big blinds. Okay. Yeah. But no I mean I just don't I just kind of very impromptu when it comes to the streaming schedule as a whole well, that's fine but yeah I mean I'm not, I it's not like I'm opposed to it. on
1: YouTube instead of uh, yeah, your, just, your Twitch channel all
3: of a sudden it'll pop up because people I know everybody out there has, you know already subscribed you've you already clicked, clicked, clicked that bell, bell. That's right. right so they're gonna know exactly as right. soon as we go live and then right. it's like oh Landon streams and mm-hmm. then they click on it and they watch you and they interact in the chat and you know give you thumbs up
1: <laughs> what a fucking idea that's a great uh, idea man. Burke man
4: I'd love to watch a little yeah. Six Max
1: AC. Actually, too. L- maybe I mean, maybe even
3: like not, a sorry, week, maybe break. even
1: like a weekly hand review L- on L- Sundays. That's a
3: great idea you came up with. You should really do that
1: <laughs> <laughs> on Sundays, right? Oh, maybe not on Sundays. Uh, maybe Saturdays. Saturdays. Whatever Saturdays you are for stream. the boys. Yeah. 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 Maybe maybe get in a weekly a weekly hand review where he puts in forty five minutes of database review on. I on thought Saturdays. Twitch was dead. Yeah, that's why YouTube. Yeah.
2: Okay, I'm in. Okay, all right. Well, we did it. Look, I need it. Team, I, you're welcome. I need to start giving value back, so I'm I'm here. I'm here for it. Um, Dude, I'm saying I need to start doing my
1: job. Yes, this yeah. this is this is a, a, a cherry on top to what I actually want you to be doing.
2: But <laughs> <laughs> look, you got to give him something I'll start right somewhere,
1: now. somewhere, yeah. like whatever whatever gets you creating content. Um, <laughs> start with a cherry. And work your way down. Right. Since since we're talking about pool tendencies and, and whatnot, we will be getting into uh, my day at at the Bellagio Bobby's room. But first, there was a big heads up match yesterday. And we saw a little bit of revenge from Mr. Negreanu over Mr. Polk. I believe we have the final hand. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. You can go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage.
4: I didn't
0: follow that. I'm not sure I did either. But I did follow the flat call by the Ace-10 of hearts, which... Oh, rather, Ace-10 offsuit. Still could have been a candidate for a three-bet with some frequency, but not on this occasion as Polk with the open-ender. Follows through, gets called. Oh, how about an ace on the turn?
4: This is sort of the beauty about just calling pre, a hand as good as Ace-10. You're so, you're you're under-repped, right? I think Doug would expect Ace-10 to be three-betting. He's going to try and represent here. Daniel knows that to be the case. A great card for Doug to want to continue his bluffs.
0: But do we want to keep those bluffs in? or look to deny any possible equity. We get our answer in the form of the flat in the face of the 8,400 chip sizing and now unimproved with nine high. Is Doug Polk on this river with 25,000 plus in the middle? This is a healthy sized pot compared to the average on the evening. No club
4: in Daniel's hand makes this difficult in the event that Doug does continue an aggressive
0: pursuit. Wow. Well, the clubs got there, huh? Always clubs. How much is the bet? You can pause right when I get a count. Polk, by the way, unblocking clubs, but obviously knows he's not up against them any longer. Almost raised the turn myself. Would have been better. And you see Daniel instantly lamenting his decision to come with the flat on the turn as opposed to put the raise in, which maybe would not have left him in this spot. He has been correct
4: a high percentage of the time in this entire match. Let's see if he can make the most important decision right here, right now.
0: If he clicks call, it's over, Brent. Done. Done. Just note the sizing in relation to the pot. This is a poor proposition. And if Daniel calls and he's wrong, you win. Oh my gosh, wow. he did make the call and he didn't take Eight. altogether that long to make Good it. Game, man. Good game, bro. In spite of not having Cheers any clubs point. himself, Daniel Negranu. See, the live poker realm. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. Finds the big call and takes win. down round two yeah, of high stakes either. duel four.
1: Hey, that was a fun one, to say the least. So, uh, they started this hand about 55 big blinds effective. Uh, Doug opens button for men. Daniel defends ace-10 off. Uh, When I looked at 60 big blind, no anti heads up ranges. Ace-10 was a pure 3-bet, but uh, I I could see... Basically, ace-9 was indifferent. So, uh, it seems like Daniel mixing here probably isn't that big of a deal. Um, We see a king-eight-six... Two club, one diamond board. uh, Checks to Doug. And he bets third pot. Uh, Pretty reasonable. I think he is a one-size kind of guy in these spots, uh, as far as I know. Um, Everything's pretty on par at this point. Daniel floats, which, again, very standard. Uh, We see a turn of the ace of... Was it diamond or heart? heart? Ace of hearts. Okay. Doesn't really matter. Just... Only matters because Daniel had the other red ace, whatever the fuck it was. Uh, so the Ace of Hearts comes on the turn. Obviously, very good card for Doug. He gets to start polarizing. Uh, when I ran this in GTO AI, uh, it had Doug playing only over bets. So it just had him playing 2E on turn. Yeah, um, turn but, disconnect. Normal. Yeah, but he chose pot, mm-hmm. um, which isn't that far off. Uh, 2E was 160. Um, he chose 100%. Same range that bets, just a little less efficient because now you leave yourself two pots on the end yeah. instead of pot and half. Um,
2: Finding ways to be all in on something like this is nice, especially when you have all
1: the ace-kings right. and he has none. Right, so Daniel Daniel's hand plays mostly call. What did he have? He had the heart-diamond combo? Yeah. Is that right? Or sorry, the he diamond. Had, he had the diamond-heart combo. My he, bad. Yeah. He
2: had the ace that blocked the back door in a flush draw
1: yes yes so his combo actually almost pure raises turn wow that's strong for small well not for small for pot uh which is an interesting size so the two raise sizes on turn are all in for 240 percent or pot or uh 100 Mm percent um and it looks like it's just basically suit dependent like all the hands that choose a full pot raise size also choose all in size uh, it's just uh, predicated on, on suit, so it doesn't really matter. It's not all that big of a deal. Uh, but anyway, he chooses to call. River is the queen of clubs, probably one of the worst cards in the deck for Daniel. Uh, still pretty good card for Doug's range, but really bad for his a- actual hand. Daniel chooses the check, pretty standard. Uh, Doug yeets it. Yeets it all off here. So in the semi-ran, after betting full pot on turn instead of 2e, It gives him full pot or jam, uh, and he mixes, but 9-7 actually just plays pure check Um, and really doesn't even exist through this line, but assuming that it's there, uh, only 9-7 of club bets, obviously, as it's a flush. Um, 9-7 of spades is a pure check, which when I saw this, I I dared not question the heads-up master, but my initial knee-jerk reaction to the hand was, that's a bad jam, and that's a bad call. Uh, And when I say bad, I just mean, like, you know, not theoretical. Um, And it seems as though the Sim pretty much agrees on this. Uh, You want to be jamming hands that have some sort of club in them. Uh, And obviously, Doug arrives at River Bottom of Range. Would you stop?
2: (laughs) No, I hear you. I hear you. I I promise.
1: (laughs) Christ. Uh, Obviously, Doug lands at River Bottom of Range and wants to be all in. With some hands, but, like, there isn't really a ton of value that wants to be jamming here either. So, like, when you look at his value jams, uh, I know you guys can't really see The Sims, but it's it's only, uh, like, nut flushes or second nut, Or, sorry, not nut flushes, second nut flushes. It's mostly coming from, like, the jack four of clubs is, like, one of the few value hands. And then some of the small clubs that unblock, like, pair plus, mm-hmm. like, Daniel's ace of clubs X uh type of hands that may bluff catch so like five four clubs jams but none of these hands really get to the river in any real capacity they're all like sub ten percent um so it's like there just isn't much value coming through that line where when you look at the hundred percent pot size which makes a lot more sense he can start to fit way more hands in there. We're value betting as thin as like two pair like King 8 uh we we see that like let me see if eight six goes for it here. No, 8-6 doesn't really exist with this line. But yeah, so like King-8 is like bottom of range uh, that is value betting here for full pot that obviously can't jam. And then you fit like all of your flushes in there, particularly because like, you know, some of your, or, or I should say a lot of your flushes are going to be nut flushes, even though they don't really take the full pot bet size on the turn, I guess. Most of them probably play check back, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um with the exception of like maybe ace eight
2: hmm. of clubs. It's interesting to not see the 2E size and see pot, but like I get it. It's, mm, it's just like one of those classic spots where like the hand plays a little bit off what theoretically looks acceptable. Right, because he chose the pot size on the turn. And then also when you look at like constructing different ranges based off of uh, what you think or can conclude based off of prior knowledge right because you know someone like doug finds ways when when pots he's a red liner he plays good poker uh so it's like more likely that he's going to be uh, leaning towards bluffing more th- so than value betting in a spot like this right so if you have an ace 10 in a theoretical vacuum it feels a lot worse without a club because you're just like oh uh i don't have block flushes and he's going to barrel the turn it's a lot of two clubs hands uh, as bluffs and then you're sitting here like sure you block jack 10 for straights but not as important right and with the extra info just from not this hand you can kind of make a conclusion that the bluff catch might not actually be in quotes that bad or maybe it becomes good based off of the assumption of the range that you think exists
1: yeah i mean as played in a vacuum uh daniel's hand mixes calls and folds and it leans towards fold right so Uh, obviously it wants to preface or um prioritize the club yeah uh that that's kind of no shock what's Um, the mix it's uh roughly 70 30 call or sorry fold 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 call
2: Yeah. yeah like in my opinion the way i see these spots is if you have any sort of inclination one way or the other in a zero ev spot that inclination is going to change it from a positive or a negative call Mm-hmm. So if you have information like saying that du- that someone like that, Doug bluffs perfectly theoretical, even he would uh, like agree that he can't bluff perfectly according right. to theory and probably is going to like be a little bit more aggro. It would then lean some of the tough calls into pure calls. But that's why being the aggressor is so good in poker is you make people have these extremely tough spots for lots of, lots of dollars. And now you have to make a judgment call where it, you could just, be absolutely lighting on fire if you're wrong
1: yeah so i mean to give you an idea the only thing that changes at equilibrium if he chooses the correct sizing is that he does get there with some nine seven and uh daniel's hand becomes a pure fold right so if he goes 2 e on turn uh now all of the ace tens without a club are pure folds and all the ace tens with a club are pure calls uh be it the ace of clubs or ten of clubs welcome to blockers mike Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but Doug's hand is still not a bluff for the all in size. Yeah, um, it kinda has
2: bad properties.
1: Yeah, and even even whenever we give the two E size, it still wants to split between two E and pot because it's just not really very comfortable taking a hand like King Eight, uh and bu- bucketing it into uh an all in size. Actually it starts to check King Eight, so that's yeah. not even the,
2: well, the threshold issue, anymore. The issue is it becomes A
1: six. But like A six only bets pot, it never jams.
2: Right. It's just the classic. I'm my hand. If I check back, is going to win a ton. But as soon as I put extra chips in the pot in the way that a sizing seam wants to be constructed, you're only getting action from better. Yeah. So, so it's basically, not about if, your hand, if, it's if you, not you just give time. Doug a
1: single size of of all in, uh, it just changes his checking frequency from half the time to almost sixty percent. Yeah. So a lot of those two pair hands just don't go for value. Yeah. Which makes sense because you kind of funneled Daniel into uh, a lot of just draws whenever he calls on the turn and they get there. Yeah. So it's like you, you have to be getting really fucking thin if you have a hand like a six, like what are you trying to charge? A king really isn't bluff catching here. Right. So you have to like find the king queen that didn't three bet pre and is heroing it off in spite of the fact that both the king and the queen are clubs. Right. So it's pretty difficult. Um, I, I thought it was a really interesting hand, not because like I'm being critical uh, just to my naked eye. I was like, well, both of those things seem a little bit out of line. Um, yeah,
2: and I guess where I'm going with this, in, in the regard of practical adjustment, is if you have an overbluff read, the potential to make calls like this becomes good, but you also open yourself up to getting counterpunched. Right,
1: know? right. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe that's that's just kind of what this is, right? Like Daniel expects Doug to be a sick red liner and just find too many bluffs, <clears throat> um, but like that's a really uncomfortable call.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, what he's hoping for. Uh, which Doug will have like he'll have like 10-9 with a club. Right? Yeah. He'll use that like he'll use 10-8 or whatever like the, the gutters with clubs to like find as the blocker like blocker card plus those, jam.
1: Those are indeed where he pulls his bluff from pure yeah. shoves.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's like as soon as you have these hands and then Queen
1: nine with a club. Yeah. Pure shoves. Yeah. Turns itself into a bluff.
2: Yeah. Interesting. It's just like one of the it's one of these spots where you give like calling with Ace ten from the new school approach to poker is giving respect that people can actually bluff you you don't respect somebody by folding
1: oh i think it's the opposite i think it's almost disrespecting saying that you're way out of construction over bluffing i agree with you if he calls if he calls with a hand that's supposed to call correctly i
2: see what you're saying
1: like when you call a hand that pure folds you're basically saying like fuck you buddy you're up to no good
2: Yeah, yeah that's correct I guess I just mean the sentiment of bluff catching and as a yes, whole. Yes, yeah, yeah, of course. It's just like, I trust that you can bluff me versus Daniel not.
1: Daniel of, of old would not only fold this hand, but he would fold Ace-10 with a club because he was accustomed to environments where people just didn't bluff enough.
2: Yeah, or maybe there was some estimation, overestimation of potential win rate playing, no. like small ball-esque type of stuff, where when you're playing someone like Doug, you just realize you're not getting these spots. Like, where's the soft spot? Right, You're playing heads up versus Doug. Yeah, There's no soft spot. There's no waiting for somewhere else.
1: There was the, the added element, I guess, that uh, if he calls and loses, he still has 30 bigs. Um, sure. He had like one and a half times Doug's stack to start. Yeah. So I think it was like 140 to 60.
2: Yeah, who knows if he calls and he's covered. But like, maybe he right. finds it. You know, it's tough. Yeah. These dynamics are definitely super real live, especially like in live MTTs or like sometimes people... I'm more incentivized to play bluffs when they cover someone because they know that there's like that extra ICM of rebuy, right? It's a like right. rebuy ICM. It's like right, right, I don't yeah. want to risk my my life on this. I don't want to rebuy, or I don't want to bust the tournament. Yeah. And then they fold.
1: So, with that being said, knowing that this was kind of a punch counter punch type of of heads-up match, and both of them took it to the streets a little bit in this final hand, Daniel now has the option to opt out of the high-stakes duel, or uh offer dug a rematch in he which case he won three two
2: it's a win three right or is it two? i think it's two it's they've made a new structure for it
1: i believe so because the next match would be for 400k each which isn't congruent with playing double or nothing this was a 100k match got it uh, or maybe the article just mis- misinterpreted like i might have misread the article or the article may have misspoken uh, by saying it was a 400k match, it might just be 400k prize pool, in which case that would be in line with double. It'd be or
2: a 200k match. That, that probably sounds about.
1: That that makes more sense to me. But I remember reading it and thinking like, "Oh, this is weird. It's it's um it's not the usual structure of just playing double next." Um, but yeah, Daniel has the opportunity to opt out. We but can, Doug
2: can rematch because Doug lost.
1: Uh, if he doesn't opt out, right? I'm not sure what happens if Daniel opts out. I I don't. I think it goes to two new. I'm almost positive it goes to two new. Mm, got it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Daniel opts in, then Doug gets first right of refusal. If he uh, turns it down, then we go to the open streets again, and uh, Daniel yeah. gets, a, gets a, a casting call once again.
2: I think Daniel's going to play, and Doug is going to challenge him.
1: Probably. I think Daniel is not going to play.
2: Really? <laughs> he likes playing heads up.
1: Yes, yeah. but I think that the issue becomes scheduling. I don't think it has anything to do with money or challenge or being afraid well, yeah, of Doug I mean, or anything he played like him that. Heads up for think, a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, his next 45 to 60 days are going to be incredibly busy. And I don't know how.
2: He's going to be in Vancouver my, for the GG series.
1: Right. And yeah, and everything else is going to. I don't know how much of a time crunch there is to get this match off, basically. Right. So like so, if yeah, they, so
2: maybe you just can't commit.
1: Yeah, if they push it all the way back to October, then sure, maybe I think this match goes again. Yeah. Um, but if
2: it's bad timing for him to continue, if he needs honestly, to even
1: that GG thing goes to like second week of October. Mm-hmm. It's so long. Yeah. I the mean, whole series, so yeah. Like a whole. There's one here too.
4: Yeah.
1: I forget who tweeted yesterday, but it said, "Did you guys know that there's a bracelet series from like mid September until <laughs> the end of October in Vegas? Yeah,
2: <laughs> there is. Yeah.
1: Oh shit. Yeah, it's like. 30 events or something it's like four straight weeks They're of just bracelets giving,
2: like so now bracelets are just like kind of like a year-round thing
1: i mean it seems it seems to it's be getting getting, to getting that, that way yeah. which is fine i mean you i include
2: personally online i personally don't well, care. Not only that
1: Rosgadov is immediately after the gg series or mm-hmm. it might even be like the last it might even be starting like the last couple of weeks of the and gg then series bahamas. and then the bahamas in yeah. january and yeah before you know it we're be right be back World, here.
3: Yeah, it'll be 2024 World Series. I'm Honestly, so happy I'm
1: not an MTT player. <laughs> Why? Because this, this is such carrot on a string fucking bullshit to like dangle you along and keep you get, keep you in the loop. They they fucking pump it in your veins,
2: man. They do I inject need it. it. Give it to me. Yeah, Just like well, there's scoop right going here. on. I'm Just still I'm me. still like in in between if I'm going to Vancouver for scoop uh, I,
1: you got too many too many friends here.
2: I have a lot of friends here. A lot um, of friends. A lot of friends here. A lot of friends. Only friends. Only, only fans. Fans. friendship. Only. A lot um, of fans. Lot of, sure. No. Relax. Um, no I just think because I would go there by myself but like Patrick's there which is nice but I'm not sure but the bracelet series here makes it seem like a lot more incentive to stay yeah
1: yeah, yeah. That, that'll be a 50k hey, first place every single home. I would love to have you Vancouver know? with you actually but me not having a passport and the difficulty of me getting one on short notice is you not can, worth what it
3: you mean? but you found your
4: passport you I did San, and then they took it from
1: me in the oh that's, that's right you huh?
4: can go to San Diego and get it I think like within
1: a, LA a, you go to the
2: embassy I went to
1: Geno. it's not easy yeah. it is easy no, it's not. It was easy for you. But you got lucky. You have to beat all the appointments for the day and hope that there's like a cancellation, which there's always going to be a cancellation. But
2: Jenna knows one.
1: Yeah, I doubt that. <laughs> I, I don't me. think Jenna's real connected in the LAM business. She told me. She knows. Sure. <laughs> That's how I got mine, I guess. Yeah. Shout out to Jenna. I do need to get mine. But honestly, like, it's a good excuse to keep me here.
2: <laughs> No, I get the passport. Come on. I would go to Vancouver.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you would. I got a fucking company to run. I have a game to play five days a week. Like, I'm busy. I'm glad you can just drop everything. You <laughs> I, know? I can't
2: just drop everything. I got two
1: dogs to take care of. Maybe two more on the way.
2: Yeah, really? you're getting... Matt's getting really, really uh, addicted to looking at Petfinder. I am not. Melissa is. Yeah, but you're, you're addicted by default because she sends them in the chat. And then or, you look at them and you love them. The, I, the thing is, if you go love, on there, you're just gonna want like every dog.
1: I, I absolutely. You I'll be with you some pet finder,
2: that, right? But, uh,
1: maybe, maybe I'm not sure. Abby seems like a pet finder dog. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to rescue them all, of course, but mm-hmm. I'm very good at you rescue this one. Seeing seeing pictures of dogs <laughs> or puppies dog. is very much similar to like people showing me pictures of Crumble. I want it. But I'm not gonna go get it. Right. That's where my discipline kicks yeah. in, you right. know. But if I'm they not show gonna... up at the
3: door with it, right, <laughs> Brian? You fucking get it.
1: You get it. You're if like, All I right, I'll take
0: it. If in. I went to a shelter
1: yeah. and I saw two huskies in in the cage, and then I saw two baby pit bull puppies next to them, like if I have to make a call of like, okay, you're gonna do a good thing and adopt mm-hmm. two dogs here, I'm gonna get the pit bull puppies because I love pit. Like I like huskies too, yeah. But you know, there's a lot less maintenance. Whoa, they're pugs, right? But but if you just show me if if two huskies show up to my doorstep, I'm going to love them and care for them forever. Wait, wait, wait.
2: it's Friday. Mm -hmm. Can we go up, up Guapo? Go up for a bit. There's something that says. Uh, it only takes sixty seconds to find your best match. I think we should do Matt. Matt, you should find your best match on Pet Finder. All these dogs are within twenty-five miles. Of <laughs> I have track. to tell you. Get the- started, go up, Hit the get started button. Let's go. Let's get. Let's get Matt. Oh, look at Willow. Twenty-five um, miles. Uh,
1: imagine if. Look. Imagine if they had like a Tinder for pets. Pet Finder. I would have a thousand fucking animals. I would just be matching with them all.
2: What if it's uh? What if it's Tinder, but yep. for people that have dogs? And then you get, like, dog play dates. Oh, right. So you start with the dog and date. And
1: that's how you get the. Da- I like that. Yeah. yeah. You that's get dates genius. by, like going to the dog park. Yeah. That's genius. Yep. That's actually genius. God. Finally, Gatsby starts pulling his weight. That's what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to carry these boats and these dogs? It's going to be Gatsby? These
4: dogs. Dude, this is kind of sad. This list doesn't end. Like,
1: no, it doesn't. <laughs> There's a lot of stray animals out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stray things
2: out there. <laughs> so how do you know if a game is good? I mean, you lost today, so... Oh, there are, there, are some, there
1: are some key components to knowing if a game is good.
2: Yep. If it looks like yours, probably good. If
1: a man <laughs> cold calls a four bet <laughs> with seven high, your game is probably good. Mm-hmm. If a man squeezes from the blinds with four deuce of clubs and then makes a backdoor flush... That game's probably pretty good. Shout out to Kobe. Shout out to Kobe. Shout out to Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Barry Bonds. <laughs> All right, this didn't turn into the shout out segment. Shout out. Shout out. If a man. If a man. Cold four bets, pocket eights, and flops a set, that game is probably pretty good. hmm And if you squeeze from the blinds with ace-queen offsuit, for 20 big blinds and go four ways. That, that game, game, my friend, is pretty fucking good.
4: I think so. Sounds like It sounds like every 1-2 like game I've ever
1: Not played. all today. It's just things I've observed. Just yeah. things I've observed. I put the hand history in the chat today, and yeah. Guapo goes, it sounds like you're playing 1-3. I'm like, they're more sophisticated.
2: Yeah. They got some class at 1-3. Uh.
1: So today's, today's game was going just as planned picked off a couple of nice bluffs made a couple value hands we're up 75k and cruising just living the life no big deal and royski is stuck to the gills love life royski brings 100k every day the last like six sessions he's had all 100 on the table and he's tapped again today and fucking tilted I'm like, man, we got him. He's gonna pop off for the whole the whole shebang for sure. And it's early enough that he might be he might be reload. So this hand happens about two thirty. I'm up seventy five k. We have we have uh, Cigar John opens under the gun. <laughs> I
2: love John. how everyone in this game like kind of has, has a name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Right.
1: Cigar John opens under the gun. Mexican Eric calls under the gun <laughs> one. Or, l- l- sorry. Let's get let's put our, our coaching hats on. Cigar John opens under the gun eight. Mexican Eric calls C- under the gun seven. Cigar John? Cigar. Cigar John. Guys. He always has a cigar. Cigar
2: Joe and Cigar John?
1: No, he always has a cigar. Got it. Don't, don't, don't you dare disrespect Cigar John. I'm not. I Hold
2: just wait. on a second. Can I just ask, what do you guys
4: call the regular Eric? Do you, all, do you just call him Eric? The,
1: there is no regular <laughs> Eric. There's Casino Eric. There's Mexican Eric. Casino Eric is not a person. <laughs> By the way, these aren't our nicknames for <laughs> them. These are, these are self-imposed nicknames.
4: I just assumed there was another guy at the table named Eric, so.
1: No, no, Man. he he calls himself Mexican Eric, and he also ensures to say that he is the toughest tourist in town. Yeah. So you know, just know that. that... Also, another fun fact about him, he uh wears a he wears a brand new Gucci suit or sorry a brand new Gucci button down every single time he comes. So he comes to town like once a month or so, plays three or four days in a row. So that's like three or four Gucci Gucci button downs every time. He only ever wears them once, and then he gives them to his landscaper.
4: Oh, that's geez. amazing.
1: He said he went to his landscapers for a barbecue one <laughs> yeah, day. I'm sure. And the entire family was decked <laughs> out in Gucci <Yeah>. shorts. <laughs> 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 oh. Just, just remarkable. Awesome. You love to hear it. Yeah. Uh, so he calls under the gun seven. Royski calls uh, from the low jack. Um, and I think it folds to me now in the big blind. I have ace of spades, queen of clubs. I squeezed the 2,000. So it goes 300, call, call. We're playing big blind ante. Squeeze the 2K. And we're all pretty deep. I think Cigar John has like 50K in front of him. Eric has like 100K. Roy has... Oh, let's see. uh, About 70,000 in front of him. And I cover everybody. So we get a glorious flop here. We see the king... Uh, King Jack eight, two clubs. So it's Jack eight of clubs. <clears throat> I have Ace Queen with the Queen of clubs. I bet three thousand into uh, eight thousand. Fold, fold. Call by Roy. Now, Roy's range Legend. is exactly nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like what does it? What does it mean? Like he just has no good hands. His range here. is exactly zero well like no i mean he just doesn't like like he doesn't have the eights yeah he doesn't have the jack eight. he doesn't have the king eight. like those hands he just won't play trap on this type of board but also he's three betting so much pre that like he just doesn't have good hands there's no king jack there's no two pairs here so it's like his range is he's like, very wide well it's wide and it's capped yeah he's just Which like, like the worst right he just like like he's the type of guy who have like four deuce of clubs in this spot like he just has way way too many suited trashy hands right so he's gonna have a lot of like jack x some like bad king x never king queen type of hands like that's too good he's got the bottom right of the deck yeah well not that far (laughs) like you know he has like the middle third like he'll have some king 10 off he'll have like you know jack 10 off He'll have, uh, you know, maybe like some king seven of clubs for top pair and a flush draw. Yeah. Those types of hands, yeah, right? that's fucking around. So we're doing pretty good here as far as I'm concerned. We go heads up to the turn. There's now 14,000 in the pot. Turn is the uh, four of diamonds. Total break. And I have an internal dialogue with myself of, well, we're polarizing on this turn for sure. But do we want to set up 2e or do I want to check raise? And I thought about it and I was like, well, I think that I benefit from checking the most because he's not always going to bet such a marginal range. And when he does make the mistake of betting too widely, we just get to maximize, like, like just maximally punish him. Whereas going to E, like I'm thinking about how I construct with the top of my one pair range, my ace kings, my aces. Uh, my you know, King X of clubs, King Queens, and and the hands like that, and I'm thinking like, well, I don't really want to just start two eating with those hands because the board texture is going to change at some frequency on the river, and then they're just going to lose all of their ability to bet again and be forced into a really awkward spot. So like, if you take like red aces for example, and you start the two e turn when SPRs, I think we were like, uh, let's see, he has sixty thousand on the turn, so SPRs five. If you start to if you start to two E here for like what 115% pot? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. And he calls and you have red aces, there are a lot of cards on the river that you're forced to like check fold. So okay, now I can't polarize with one of the best hands in my range. That seems like a shitty a shitty thing to do. And choosing a smaller size here also seems pretty ridiculous because the board texture is what it is. And uh we need to be, you know, basically punishing all these suit and hands that he possibly has. So I was like, okay, well, two things are, are definitely true here. I probably can't bet for two more streets very often unless I'm bluffing, which I'm bluffing in this instance. So that's a good thing, but I don't want to just like position myself to taking a line where it doesn't make sense that I have one pair any longer.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And number two, uh, he doesn't always have to bet when I check to him, but if he does and he does it too widely, we punish the fuck out of him mm-hmm. by trying to play an all in pot. Yep. So I decide, I elect to check instead, just assuming like, okay, if he plays well, he'll check back at a high frequency. We get to realize we'll have some good bluff spots on the river. If he plays poorly, he's going to bet way too widely, and I'm going to make him play 135k pot here uh with, you know, a one-pair type holding. And most importantly, like, I have the queen of clubs, so he doesn't really have combo draws, which means I can check-raise without really being afraid of getting jammed on by worse that gets me to fold. So I can't really get quote-unquote bluffed here. all that frequently. So I check he bets eight into 14, which is uh, a weird size on a brick like this. I think, I think he probably just wants to either go bigger or check back. But again, he's like merging too much. So he's betting like too many hands in my opinion anyway. Um, so I think that the size is kind of reflective of that. So we jump all over it. Uh, Check raising to 2e here would be like half pot-ish. Um, but I didn't want to set up a half pot river jam because then I think like he probably just never folds a king. I'd rather set up for a little bit deeper of an SPR. So he bet 8k. I made it 20, which is about third pot. He calls. Um, and I'm basically ripping most all rivers. I think I would give up on a king. And I think I would give up on... I think I would not jam a nine. I think those are probably the, the lone rivers that I don't blast on. Although maybe the nine I still should because like, I just yeah, block queen ten. Queen, yeah,
2: yeah I, I, you probably would.
1: Yeah. You definitely would. Maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, the real thing I wasn't sure of is if I would value jam an ace. But I think I just have to because he's just empirically too wide and he might mm-hmm. just have like you know ace-deuce of clubs that calls off. Um, so yeah, there aren't many rivers that I'm not just running it on. I get what I think is a glorious river, the four of hearts, pairing bottom pair. That's like, okay, well, this is great because, you know, my value range here is like full houses, ace, king, king, queen, aces, all of which are super pumped to just jam here. Yeah. It's so like, I just have jacks. I have ace, king, king, queen, aces, some Kings, uh, whatever. So I tank a little bit and then I shove for three quarters pot. And he doesn't think too long before looking me up, I'm like you got it, man. And he goes, as I fucking knew you were bluffing. And he shows Jack seven of diamonds. Oh, so gross. Uh. And that, my friend, is how you know you're in a good game.
2: <laughs> you basically you oh. just wanted to have like some sort of preface to a bad beat story. No,
1: actually, uh, it was Nikki's idea for the title, and I was just fi- figuring out a way to be a yeah. good storyteller and and uh, tie it all together. Storyteller, that was, that extraordinaire. Was pretty good. That was uh... so you're welcome for that. Um, but no, I, I I mean I don't think it's a bad beat. I actually think I'm, I'm pretty happy with the line. Beat. Well, it's yeah. it's a weird thing because it's like, well, I could just opt to never bluff. You could, and like just check all the 8K on the turn and be doing fine. Um, it's probably like pretty neutral to take my hand and just check call. Like, Mm. I'm beating enough draws. The problem is, is like, how I perform on river. Like, when he has jack-x, it just goes check-check. But when he has his bluff candidates, he's going to fire a second barrel a lot. And I might just be put into a spot where either I fold too often or I call too often with a hand that, in theory, probably is just like a turn fold. Yeah. But if you lock for his tendencies, it might just be like a call-call. And I kind of didn't want to play that, that guessing game. Yeah. Um. In which case, now I come full circle to like, well, maybe I should just like bet three times. But I just know I don't do that with value.
2: Yeah.
1: Like almost all my value just check raises, turn, or check calls. Yeah. So like I just check call with like a queen or with pocket queens, like my weaker kings, like king 10. I check call with like, you know, ace jack. Yeah. Although I probably don't bet that on the flop. Yeah. maybe sometimes. Um. In any event, uh, I was like... I didn't care that much like it just happens whatever it's, it's part of the game um, but I was like wondering like how much am I fucking myself trying to red line in a spot where somebody's too wide and is call calling for 600 big blinds with middle pair no kicker <laughs> <laughs> like perhaps yeah. I just don't really need to put any money in the middle <laughs> mm-hmm. and I can just uh, you know play it the spot a little bit differently a little more exploitatively I mm-hmm. suppose
2: well, like, you played it that way because you thought you were exploiting the red line, right? You checked. You thought he was going to bluff too wide with weak hands. But yeah. Raised. yeah. So you're like, okay, I think... I do
1: good. win the max versus a hand like queen 10 of clubs. Or, sorry, like a hand like queen 10 or just a, a naked flush draw,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like, not that he really ever has nine Ten of clubs. I, th- I imagine he three bets at a lot pre, but if he has, like, nine... Or, sorry, 10-8 of clubs. Uh, or, sorry, 10-7 of clubs, uh nine, seven of clubs, he has those types of hands. I just win the absolute maximum. Yeah. By by taking this line. And that's that's not to be overlooked.
2: No, and also at the same time when it's like call it to creative esque lines when people have bluffs, uh, it makes it so like you can't really fold to them. Right. In some in other spots later. Oh, he'll
1: pay me forever. Mm-hmm. But I just never have I that's not true. I, I ran pretty good against him this past week. But generally speaking, like the amount that I'm bluffing River compared to the amount of times that I get a fold is so, so off, specifically (laughs) against Roy, that I'm almost getting to the point of being conditioned to not bluff. Right. Like, he looked me, he just looks me up with, like, pocket fours on a five over card board and just, like, gets sticky. And I fucking knew, I told you, like, uh, when I have it, though, like, I get paid. When we were playing three-handed, I uh, overbet, overbet, overbet jammed on king, queen, jack, two diamonds, uh, button versus big blind with pocket jacks. And I just went like, overbet, overbet, three X pot shove, and he just beat me in. Yeah. (laughs) With what? He claimed two pair, but I think he's full (laughs) of shit. I think he just had a king. Mm -hmm. Uh, He claimed he had king eight, but like, I doubt it. I mean, we see that he...
3: He always, to call he off always,
1: light. look, he's notorious. The, the, the most fun thing about Roy is whatever the second nuts are, That's he, cla- he, he yeah. claims it. Yeah. If I'd shown up with like ace king there, he would have been fucking Berkey. I'd king, queen of clubs. Yeah. <laughs> right. right.
2: Yeah. Or if I show up with aces, yeah.
1: he would have been a like, safe face, man. right. If I showed up with aces there, he would be yeah. like, you're so fucking lucky. I'd King Jack. We would never saw the Jack seven. <laughs> he would have just claimed King Jack for the, yeah. till the day he died. Yeah. Okay. You but know, the times you're buff, and he always just rolls. Just over can't side. wait yeah. to do a fucking victory lap <laughs> with the Jack Seven windmill uh, in my face. Which yeah. honestly, I enjoyed so much. Like these <laughs> games are so much fun, but it it does get it does bear the questioning of like how reckless is it to just play a hundred or fifteen hundred big blind pot with no pair versus middle pair. Honestly, in that game probably not that reckless. Yeah. I, I mean, what are you going to do, <laughs> like, man? I had the candidate, yeah. you know. I sound like Landon now. Like, what do you want me to do? Right. Like if you're
3: in a game where like, oh my god, it's to it take you forever to get that money back, but it's just
1: like you know. uh, uh, the 70 uh, th- this is the third time it's not in about big blinds. This is the third time in 10 days <laughs> Which that I'm I started, saying it's not. This is the third time in 10 days where I started plus 75k or more. Yeah. And Ended up back at zero. At yeah, some I was gonna point. say, did you? Did you Why are you flip me off? The first two I won. Ooh. Did you, uh, he flips me off. But the first two sessions I won twenty five k and eighty k. I didn't do that to Cameron. <laughs> yeah, it. you broke even today. I lost twenty k or fifteen k. That's that's like breaking. It feels it like is. even, but, know, it's, but, it's a, wise, but it's big a ninety k like swing. Right? Yeah. No, that's Ooh. when you're
3: yeah when you're up seventy five and then leave down fifteen. That's
1: it, it's every day. Every yeah, of I course. mean, people, people you're in a volatile game. You no, it's him, not the game. It's this me. is how you know you're in a good game. No. It's, it's not the game, though. It's me.
2: It's it right? is not the game. I'm sure <laughs> you're like, the
3: problem. It's you. me.
1: Hi. I'm the problem. It's now we're me. talking. <laughs> uh, no, it is for sure me. Like three hands later, we play a bomb pot. I'm on the button with uh, 10 of diamonds, nine. And it comes uh, a six, seven with six, seven of diamonds. Roy bets small. Uh, I think he bets like a thousand. Gets called by the cutoff. I peel. Eric calls out of the big, well, what would effectively be the big blind. So single, we go four ways. Single board bump. Single board bump. We go four ways to the turn. There's 7,000 in the middle. Turn is um, ace, seven, six, four. Turns of four. Okay. Uh, completing eight, five, and five, three. Checks to Roy. Roy bets five into eight. Uh, cutoff folds. I call big blind calls. River is an offsuit five. And it's like well that's that's why I called the turn, you know, if I'm not gonna make an eight, yeah,
0: you got that nine.
1: I want to make a five <laughs> for sure, like yeah. this is equivalent to me making my draw as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. They both check to me, I bet fifteen into twenty, and Eric just beats me into the pot. Mm. I'm like, God damn it, man, how do I just run into an eight in this spot so often? And then Roy goes into the tank and he's like, "I was gonna call fucking anything." Berkey Betts I was like, "Of course you were," and he has Ace Five of Diamonds for a top and middle pair that he ultimately folds. And Eric rolls over Six Five offsuit black. Oh my god! For for a worse two pair, and I'm like, honestly, like I was gonna lose this pot anyway. I'm glad it was to Eric. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Roy just goes this is mine Roy either. just goes you fucking see this fucking Berkey calling to turn five thousand dollars with a gunshot and I go both of you had a five what do you think happens if an eight peels off here yeah. like I just bet fifty thousand into twenty and you both fucking call me yeah
2: that's <laughs> well, that but, that's, but that's why I mean what well, it happens enough right But that, no it does happen enough for sure it right. happens
1: more than enough it to needs to happen honest. once for it to be enough <laughs> right
2: um, but it is one of those things that goes with the red line esque type of player that gets paid that gets you. Bro, paid. I got
1: called so fast by that six five. Yeah. My neck snapped. I'm like, how <laughs> do you just have an eight here? Uh, it's
2: it's very annoying to play against when you play against someone that knows how to construct ranges and where they're all in somehow. Yeah. Like I, I, a certain stack. Well the, the all in
1: thing is the difficulty. Like we're playing so fucking deep, man. And the thing is, the money goes in so smoothly. Like, this this jack seven hand with Roy, remember, he called... He just literally called $300 pre. $70,000 deep. Having no anticipation whatsoever of putting all of his chips in the middle. Yeah. And then he's calling another $1,700 to see three. And then he flops middle pair, and the next thing you know, $65,000 more <laughs> dollars goes in the middle over the next three streets and it wasn't very effortful no like it was rather effortless on his behalf like check snap bet 8k not even really thinking like what's the strength of my hand what am i supposed no it doesn't give a shit like fuck berkey i'm gonna deny these draws Gets check immediately goes he has a combo draw <laughs> like he definitely doesn't have any value here he just has a combo draw fuck this guy Let a brick roll off I dare you I mean he improved on the river he proved the two pair he did improve the two pair the funny thing is I feel I still like I think if the ten of clubs rolls off I jam it and he still calls yeah give me a fucking ten one time
3: maybe he thought you had jack ten and you were chopping
1: wait oh yeah yeah we would be (laughs) chopping that is true his kicker doesn't play anymore (laughs) yeah I don't ever have a jack though that's the problem you shouldn't. <laughs> I just have two jacks. But in he his mind, that. you
2: might. I, well, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've played spots in the game or other games where you've shaken bet sizes because you're aware of it's like image awareness in some regards. Yeah. Like image awareness can still be real. And well,
1: it's all, a lot of image awareness comes down to like what we were talking about with Hunt yesterday, where um, the, the essence of knowing that your opponent's range is weighted a certain way. A big part of that is where like the quote unquote image awareness comes from where it's like, you know, that they're weighted in a certain way to marginal hands that aren't supposed to aggress or put a lot of chips in the pot. And whether you're bluffing or value betting, you just want to apply a lot of pressure to that. They're equally aware that you just have too many hands when you apply a lot of pressure. Yeah. Right. So like what you're aware of is that they perceive you as having too many hands and that they are often going to be in a spot where they also have too many hands. And now it just becomes this giant game of chicken. <laughs> so it's just like, it, it becomes a, a war of attrition between like what's everybody's mood. Like if that hand had happened prior to him being buried 50, he either doesn't bet the turn or he folds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But once he's buried 50, I'm just torching it there, bro. Yeah. Like I need a club to roll <laughs> off on the river or a clean 10 or make a fucking pair. If I make a pair, I just win one way or the other. Right. But uh, going unimproved, I'm, I'm lighting 40 on fire on that river. Yeah. But that's how you know you're in a good game. That's how you know. Sometimes you just have to be the good game yourself. Yeah, yeah.
2: you have to be the party. Right.
1: Yeah.
3: How do you know you're in a good game? If You're you, there. Yeah. If You, put, <laughs> you,
1: you sat down. <laughs> if you put 700 big blinds in with ace, queen, high, yeah. you are in a good game. Right, exactly. You are the good game. Yeah. GG to all. GG.
2: That's going to do it for us today. Man, I'm struggling through this week. What's the matter, yeah, big guy? I was tired, sleepy. Didn't get
1: Good. enough sleep? No. Oh. We up with a little extracurricular activities, No. <laughs> <laughs> no. You, you kind of uh, asked for that one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's fine. It's like a stay softball. up past your bedtime last night? I did. Someone read you a bedtime story, maybe? <laughs> no. Tuck you in nice and tight? <laughs> Good night. Get them fingers wet. What? Shit, whoa! whoa, dude, whoa, whoa. There's Who let Melissa back on the pod? Uh. All right. That's going to do it for us, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We will be back on Monday. Uh, we'll be at our normal early time of noon since we'll be filming Poker Out Loud in the afternoon. Yep. That will go for both Monday and Tuesday, likely to be in the evening slots Wednesday and Thursday, uh, as well as Friday since we do have the Academy starting Friday through Sunday. If you haven't already and you're interested, be sure to head to academysolve and sign up. I think we have two seats remaining. If anyone is interested in that and you haven't already done so. Otherwise, that's going to do it for us. Land and I are going to be at the Enclave Free Roll tomorrow. We're looking forward to it. We're influencers now, big guy. That's We've right. done it. We've done it.
2: Getting there one day at a time. We'll
1: see you guys all next week.
2: Peace. Peace.